it's upsetting when I see like a film that just is a really enjoyable idea, like something that's slightly different while also slightly using something that's kind of still very prominent in like filmmaking these days and just really do a good job at its storytelling mechanics. And it's upsetting because when I look into the film after I watch it and I go, oh, okay, so how did this film sort of do? And, you know, for a film like um, 2020's Come Play, it's very mid of the ground, which I would agree, you know, kind of giving it that sort of B-movie rating in a way. But I also feel like it deserves a little bit more praise, even though it wasn't successful. I think it's a worthwhile film to watch, especially this season. Because it's just really unique in what it tries to build up. So it's about this um, this family. The uh, mother and father are kind of divorcing and they're separating because they're struggling with being together and working towards you know helping their child who uh, ha- has autism, and his autism is is of a level that he isn't very social and he can't really speak. So he uses his phone and social cues to kind of um, speak to his parents. And the mother sort of feels like the father doesn't get involved enough and doesn't really do a lot when it comes to really taking care of him. And they build up that foundation while also acknowledging that the kid still goes to school and has no friends. So socially he's not doing very well which affects him because then he just always dives into his phone. So because he's constantly diving into his phone, he becomes the target of this demon called Larry. Now, another thing I learned when I looked into this movie is that it's also based on a short film that was very successful. That short film is called Larry. Very, very similar premise from what I um, read. I didn't actually see the short film um, yet, but I do plan on trying to find it at some point. Uh, and Larry decides that he wants to sort of be this little boy's friend, but essentially what he really wants is he wants to bring him into the digital world to make him a sort of demon like him. But now here's the premise behind Larry. Like, it's not just a story of a, a demon from scripture. It's not just this, this prophesized, you know, spiritual being that's coming for the, for the, for every hundred years it comes out of the cave and decides it wants to eat children. Essentially what Larry is, is the embodiment of loneliness because people are constantly looking at their phones because they feel loneliness in their life and that loneliness poured into this the sort of other dimension he's from which essentially is the other side of the screen and created him as this thing that like will take your loneliness and i guess sort of suck it out of you to become part of his realm he's he's essentially made by humankind which i've only seen in one other form of media and that's an episode of Supernatural from the very first season. It was a season, uh, season one, I think it was like episode 15 or 16, and I can't remember the name, but essentially what the episode was about, it was about this haunted house, and it was haunted by a guy that they couldn't figure out how to sort of work it where they can get rid of his spirit so the house would no longer be haunted. And what they discovered was that the town sort of created the story behind the guy in the house, And it never really existed. But this whole town believed it was real after somebody sort of lied about it 
and it kept building up and building up and just all that energy that force of belief made that house exist and made the haunting exist and it ends with sort of this this um really good line from sam and he says it kind of makes you wonder out of all the things we hunted how many of them existed just because people believed in them which is essentially what we could say about any sort of monster in any sort of realm that is out there any universe where there's a monster or vampires werewolves how many of them essentially exist just because we believe in them? And that's what Cumplay does. It presents this idea that he only exists. Larry is only a creature that can do harm because you be- because he believe he's a he's a form of belief in the concept of loneliness, and he's meant to kind of take you out of that. Why this film doesn't get more attention, I have no idea. It was a real big flop financially, critically, you know. It's maybe got some praise now because it was on my radar and and it slipped my mind. And I wanted to kind of go back and watch some films that I hadn't seen for this year's Halloween stuff. So I gave this a shot. And from start to finish, I really enjoyed this film. I think the story is really, really good. I think the concept of using... I don't believe the actor himself actually has... Um, autism. I believe he's just acting as if he has autism because I don't think they actually legally, or at least at that point, maybe in 2020, they could legally use an actual autistic person in a film like this. You know, it might have been a little too traumatizing because it is extremely scary. But what's also nice is they portray him as an autistic child who's also very aware of his surroundings and still like able to be the warrior in the scene. Like there's the, there's scenes with him and the mother when the mother's trying to protect him, but he knows more because he acknowledged Larry. Like the thing is, is that he's the only one that acknowledges Larry at the beginning and he can't really verbalize it to anybody. So when he's acting scared, nobody gets it. And then the first people that kind of experience Larry outside of him is these group of kids that like sort of bully him And then they're like forced to have a sleepover. And at the sleepover, one of the kids gets attacked by Larry. And so the three boys now kind of think, you know, shit, like there's something wrong in the house. Like he's got like this demon that he can only see in his phone. And it's very strange to them. So they kind of, they don't bother him anymore after that. But they also blame him for the attack. Because how are you going to tell your parents you got attacked by a phone demon? You know what I mean? And... Uh, eventually as the story progresses, the, the kid that gets attacked is now kind of trying to communicate with the boy again, because now he's sort of feeling this sense of worry. Like, you know, I didn't have to go back to that house, but this kid lives there and I know what it's experiencing. And is he experiencing that? You know, there's a, there's a certain point where you think that it's going to play off this idea that the kids don't understand what autism is. So they don't really get why he's quote unquote special since he like gets to like have his phone in class and all of that. But then as it progresses, it realize that they, they do kind of understand they're just sort of still kids in a way. And even the, the, the boy that the story is based around, even he still steps in and acts, you know, like a kid, like he calls the kid ugly with his phone. Like it's, it's really, it's a really good play on these child's interactions that eventually they kind of come back together and they're like, I'm going to be here for you when you're at school because I'm worried about you. 
So it's it's got so many nice little elements, and then eventually the mother starts believing him because she sees it. And then the father is the only one that's like, I don't get what either of you are talking about. Then the father starts experiencing it. So by the end of the second act, everybody knows that Larry is real. Nobody's questioning it. You're not getting those movie tropes where nobody believes anybody until the last five minutes of the film, and that's when they see the demon for the first time. No. Everybody sees it very early on, and they progress through the film trying to figure out what to do. You know what I'm saying? And what do you do with a demon that's, like, conjured up by by human emotion? You know what I mean? Like, it's very interesting to think about what it is you do in that moment. And I don't want to really spoil it for a lot of people. I know it's been out for a couple of years now, so I guess maybe I could if you haven't seen it yet. But the only thing you can really do is, like, the ultimate sacrifice, which is all I'll say. So what you should do is you should watch the film... And really keep an open mind about it if, you, if you've if you never seen it before, if you maybe heard bad things about it, because everything leading up to its ending is just perfect. Like I said, it's just, it might be very simply well-written, but it's a very well-simplicity, a well-done sim- simplicity that this film presents. And again, I appreciate it because of its uniqueness. I don't even know if you could deliver this film in any other way to tell the same story. I think it's ex- exquisitely presented. Uh, for the film that it is. And I know I'm saying that about this very much. How many people probably know about it film because it was a flop and then nobody really cared about it afterwards. Like we're talking it's three years ago. So maybe if you're looking to revisit, this should be something you can revisit and maybe look at it a little bit differently. Give it a different perspective on what it's actually bringing to the table as far as horror movies. Because I know for one thing. I get fed up with a lot of the same things done over and over again, and I think this is a little bit of a fresh take that deserved a little bit more praise for what it did.